Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled. Amen. That is so good. I tell you, I get emotional every time that plays because it's so good. Everyone was filled. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to you if you're joining us online today. My name is Rebecca, and I'm part of the pastoral team, and I'm looking forward to speaking this morning. Now, if you were with us last week, you heard Brian speak a message. It was an amazing message. It was amazing. Now I can say that because he's my husband, but also because it was a good word from 1 Corinthians 12. And we were focusing on spiritual gifts. Do you remember that? We were focusing on the giver was the main focus, how good the Holy Spirit is to give us his gifts. Uh, But Brian was also talking about not being jealous of one another's gifts. Do you remember that part? I call it gift envy. Do you ever get that? Gift envy? Well, I kind of got a little distracted at one point during the message because all I could think about was the fact that next week I'm going to be standing up here preaching a message. And I had a little bit of gift envy in that moment, just being honest. Because I was looking at Brian and I was thinking of our, our teaching team and Nick and Nathan and Heidi. And I was like, wow, Lord, you have empowered them with the gift of teaching. And he's done amazing things through them. I, I see them up here. They, they hardly even use their notes. Do you notice that? Like they wander, they move away. They, they just do their thing. And I'm like, Lord, I can't do that. I need my notes. <laughs> Can anyone relate to that? I'm not a wanderer. I do not go far from my notes. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is so good, isn't he? he of course, he talked to me about it, didn't he? And he reminded me of a few things. And he remi- I hope he was reminding you of things this week, too, about not having gift envy. He reminded me, you don't have to be a teacher if that's not the primary way that I flow through you. But he said, you're an encourager. You are an exhorter. And you have that spiritual gift. And so I was like, okay, that's true. I do have that spiritual gift of encouragement. He also reminded me how in the fall a couple years back at Divine Weekly, I was able to be a part of that teaching team where we had 100 women gather and and we spoke for the whole semester about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got to use my gift of encouragement again to see the women move forward in their journey with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, all right, so... Today, I'm going, to do it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to exhort us. Do you know what exhort actually means? It actually means to encourage with urgency. So I can do that. And if it's okay with you, probably going to use my notes. Are we good with that? Okay, we've got that settled. 
So I am going to exhort us today. I'm going to encourage us with urgency to consider that the Holy Spirit gives power to us as believers for a victorious life. Would you agree? He equips us, right? He equips us to share and, and to show the love of Jesus. And he does this through the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit. He empowers us through the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there can be much controversy and confusion over this topic, but really, as I study the scriptures, I think we have made it often a lot more difficult than it is. And when you agree the enemy loves to use confusion to distract us away from the power that the Holy Spirit can have in our lives, would you agree? When I ask things, it's okay to talk because it, it makes me feel not so alone up here. Okay, good. Good, thank you. And, and I know that people become unsure when they hear words like baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, or speaking in tongues. And you want to know a secret? Even though the lighting is kind of dim in here, some of your faces gave this away completely when I said this is what our topic was today. Some of you, I can see you, you're smiling, you're nodding, you're like, oh, this is, yeah, okay. Some of you were kind of a little neutral, a little neutral. Some of you had a face like this, one of my favorite memes here. I love this. Some of you look like this. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like, there's the Holy Spirit just like having a blast and your face is like, wow, okay, we're going to dig into this. Apparently we're doing this. But you know what? It's okay. <laughs> if you feel this way, we're going to get rid of that picture <laughs> and we're going to dig in together. Now, some of us did just didn't grow up learning about the power, the presence, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? Some of us didn't. So that's why sometimes there's fear and confusion, but we're going to dig in together because if there's anything we've learned over these last few weeks, it's that the Holy Spirit has an active, loving, and important role in our lives. And we want to understand that together, right? We want to understand that more fully today. Okay, so I feel like you're with me, so we're good. Now, many of us were taught about salvation and about water baptism, and, and we were often taught that these two experiences would give us everything we needed to live as a believer. But some of us weren't taught about how important it is to be filled with power and the presence of the Holy Spirit every day. So, Let's get started. I'm going to share two specific things this morning with you. First, we're going to go over how we are one with the Spirit when we're saved. Okay, we're going to review that. We know that, but we're going to review it anyways. And secondly, Scripture shows us that we can open our hearts to be filled with the Spirit inside of us and have more power for living this life. It's not really about getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's about us submitting our hearts more so we're ready to be filled by him. So those are the two things that we're going to go over this morning. So firstly, when we're saved, we are one with the Holy Spirit, right? He dwells with us. And we've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit throughout history. Pastor Nathan brought this message that the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning, that he came upon men and women in the Old Testament, right? to accomplish his purposes 
for special tasks that he assigned them. But we've also seen through this series that God was not content to just temporarily have his spirit upon the Old Testament saints. He wanted to place his spirit in each one of us. He had a plan of redemption, right? Jesus came to earth. He died on the cross. He allowed us to be born again, to have a completely new spirit inside us. And he made it possible for everyone who believes in Jesus Christ to become a new creation. Are you with me on that one? We know this. This is review. But 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Our human spirit becomes one with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing, isn't it? Even though it's review, it's amazing when we're reviewing. Now, secondly, there's more. This is where I get excited. Because there's more. This is where the baptism or the filling of the spirit comes in. So in Acts chapter 1, we're going to take a look there. Jesus had already risen from the dead, and he was speaking to his disciples about the Spirit. So let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 1. We're going to jump around a little bit in a few, a few of the chapters in Acts. So starting at Acts chapter 1, we're going to start with verse 4. And this is where he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Whenever Jesus says wait, I'm like, ooh, it's going to be something good, right? He says, wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak, speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that, that word baptized there in the Greek literally means to be submersed or ceremonial, ceremonial dipping in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that fascinating? To be submersed in the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus goes on to explain in Acts 8 what the result of this submersion is going to be. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is Acts 8, verse 1. You will receive power when he comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you know the story. The disciples were obedient. They prayed and they waited. And then this is where our bumper video verse comes in. <laughs> Do you feel like you have it memorized now? Do you? You feel like you have it memorized? Like when it plays, I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. Acts 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It's better with the music, I know, but that is such a fascinating scripture. It was the promise of the Father that Jesus spoke about, and it was experienced that day by the disciples, but it was not just a single event that took place in history. It was not just a one-time thing. The promise of continually being filled with the Holy Spirit can be experienced today by anyone who has repented, placed their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. 
And although the Holy Spirit lives in every believer, it's clear in the book of Acts that the baptism of the Spirit can occur separately to salvation. Okay, we're going to take a look at that. There's numerous scriptures that show us that there's a difference between being a temple of the Holy Spirit and being daily filled with the Spirit's power. Does that make sense? If it doesn't yet, don't worry, we're going to keep looking. We don't have time to go over all the examples, but in Acts 8, years after the Holy Spirit first came at Pentecost, this is where we see Peter and John praying for believers in Samaria. Okay, they were believers already in Jesus, that they would receive the Spirit as they said they'd only been baptized in the name of Jesus. They'd only been water baptized. Interesting. Okay, then we also see Paul in Ephesus long after Pentecost. I think it's about 20 years later. This is in Acts 19. And as the disciples were as the disciples were there, he asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit when they believed. They said, "No, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit." And Paul placed his hands on them and he prayed for them to receive the baptism of the Spirit and they were filled and spoke in tongues and prophesied. Amazing. I often wonder, what did it feel like for those believers? You know, they were living their lives, they were loving God, and then all of a sudden he comes and puts his hands on them and prays for them and they experience this new revelation that they can have this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit every day. They were introduced to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Wow, I would have liked to have seen that firsthand. So we know that the Spirit comes to dwell in us when we're saved. Okay, that's our review. We know that. And we also now know that we all have the opportunity, just like the scriptures we read, to invite the Holy Spirit to baptize us, to submerse us in himself, to receive power. That's what his presence is all about. And, and we have seen through these scriptures that often this filling of the Holy Spirit comes with speaking in tongues and prophesying. Now, you guys are really quiet. Are you nervous now? You're thinking of that picture again as I start talking about this, references. Do you get confused sometimes by these references about speaking in tongues? If you do, that's okay. What we're talking about today is when we pray to receive the Holy Spirit's power, we're talking about a personal prayer language between us and God, our spirit to his spirit. Last week, Brian spoke about a different expression of tongues. Within the setting of the church, where a, a tongue is given and an interpretation comes, but today, we're focusing on the personal relationship with the spirit. And if we look in 1 Corinthians 14, we see where Paul explains that when we speak in tongues, we don't speak to man. We're not speaking to one another. We're speaking to God. So here's a question. If speaking in tongues or a prayer language is to converse with God, and we don't exactly know what we're saying because it's not really English, what exactly is a prayer language for? Have you ever had that question? Well, it allows our spirit to connect to the spirit of God and it bypasses our natural minds. You hear what I'm saying? Our spirit to the spirit of God bypassing our natural minds. Now, who can agree that sometimes you would like to 
bypass your natural mind, <laughs> right? Yes. And this is what the power of speaking tongues is about. And I love this booklet that we have here at Koinonia, The Promise of the Father. And um, you can pick it up and, and read through it, but it talks about all the different, uh, the potential that having a prayer language, talking spirit to spirit with God has. I'm just going to highlight a couple. Our native language is the voice of our natural mind, but our prayer language is the voice of our born-again spirit. Isn't that good? When we speak in tongues using our prayer language, our spirit is praying directly to God. Praying in tongues allows us to pray when we don't know how to pray. Anyone ever experienced that? When you just don't have words? Praying in tongues allows us to pray the perfect will of God. When we pray in tongues, we build ourselves up spiritually. Praying in tongues builds up our faith and keeps us in the love of God. Praying in tongues can refresh us. Tongues enable us to give thanks to God when words fail us. And saving the best for last, speaking in tongues tames our tongue. Right? Yeah, we all know we need to bypass our natural mind sometimes. We need to tame our tongues. And the power of our prayer language with God can help us with that. This is just barely touching on the topic of prayer languages. And, and you can do some more study on that. And although tongues are a very important component of our lives as believers, there is far more to the daily filling of the Holy Spirit in our life than just a prayer language. Did you hear that? It's, it's more than just about our prayer language. It's about a daily walking with the Holy Spirit. And this is where we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, Jesus gives us some amazing examples of how when we're filled with the Spirit's power, we can live victoriously. This is what the filling of the Holy Spirit is about. It allows us to live a victorious life. And so in Luke chapter 4, this is where we see Jesus being led into the desert by the Spirit. Now in chapter 3, we see Jesus being baptized in the Jordan. Do you remember that? He's baptized, and then this Holy Spirit comes, ceremonial dipping, <laughs> submerses him. The Holy Spirit comes like a dove and fills Jesus. That's happened already in chapter 3. So where we pick things up in chapter 4, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. That sounds like a horrible time in the desert. He ate nothing. That's even worse. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of the days, he was hungry. Now, if you read through the whole account, you will see what a trying time this was for Jesus. And there's lots of examples loaded in here on how he was full of the Spirit and he had victory. I love it. He fasted for a long time in a really unstable time. There was a lot of crazy things going on during that time, but he did that 40 days through the Spirit's power. He resisted the devil's temptation. Satan said, hey, you want to make a snack out of this stone here? Can you imagine how hungry he was? But he resisted the temptation because he was empowered by the Spirit to say no. And then it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. I'm thinking he must have been glowing. <laughs> he must have been so full of the Holy Spirit. It says 
This is what it goes on to say. He spoke about who he was in the temple. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, they drove him out of town, they took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off a cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. What? He walked right through an angry crowd and went on his way because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. He also walked through that angry crowd who completely rejected him. And then the scriptures tell us that he went on to minister from there. Desert, temptation, (laughs) angry crowds. And then he goes on to minister. Amazing. We see in the scripture in Luke 4 where he's driving out impure spirits, where he's healing many people. And the list of how he's loving and serving people keeps going on in that scripture. Jesus experienced a victorious life because he had the power of the Spirit in him. And I'm imagining all those times when Jesus got up early to go and pray. You know those scriptures. I imagine he was asking the Holy Spirit to just daily fill him. That's the only way, right, that he could have lived a victorious life. So you tell me, do you live in a world where you need to be led by the Spirit? Do words fail you and you need to pray in the Spirit? Do you need strength to fast and pray during unstable times? Do you need strength to resist the pull of the devil's temptation to get trapped in a world where we have division and anger? Do you need power to walk through situations where people are against you? Do you see those in need of healing from impure spirits who are in need of physical healing? Yes, I do. Yes, yes, and yes to all those things, right? The filling of the Spirit gives us power for victorious life here and now, just like when Jesus walked. Aren't those some great examples of living victoriously in the Spirit? I want to take a minute and just share with you a little bit about my story of yielding to the Holy Spirit and his work in my life. Is that okay? I'm going to tell you a little of my story. So when I was a child and then, and then again as a young teen, I decided to follow Jesus. I'm laughing because Brian talked about how he received Jesus many times when he was a kid along the way until he realized, yes, he has given me life and I'm full. The same for me. When I was a young child, I met Jesus. And when I was a teen, I decided to believe fully. And I was water baptized at that time as well when I was 16, which was really fun because Brian actually got to be there. That was cool. That's another really good story. I'm going to tell you that one another time. That's when I was 16, but it wasn't until around the early 2000s when I was 30 years old that I had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed my life. And I began living at that point a daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. So my life between the ages of 16 and 30 It was characterized by a love for God, but a lot of misunderstanding about his true character. A lot of guilt over things like not reading my Bible enough, those kinds of things. Can anybody relate to that? I often found myself tired, discouraged. I was a mom, three young kids. I was always trying harder. I was trying to serve more, and I had so much discouragement about things. My identity, I'm not enough. 
I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not caring enough. I'm not kind enough. The list goes on, right? I think many of us can relate to this. I knew I was saved. I knew I was saved, but I was not able on my own strength to live a life of power and freedom and miracles like we see the examples of Jesus. I wish I could go back and tell myself at that age that it could be different. That's why I love hearing Pastor Heidi share about our kids' ministry because we're teaching our kids from a young age that they can know personally the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I wish I could have gone back and told myself that, but I wasn't taught about how to invite the Spirit more deeply into my life. My church family just simply didn't know at the time, or maybe, like our meme, they were just afraid because they didn't know the person of the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you how I began my journey of being filled with the Spirit, because everybody's journey is unique. And I want to encourage you that it's not something fancy. It's not a formula. Being filled with the Spirit happens by faith, having a sincere desire for God to move and to bring his presence into our lives. So at the time when I was 30, I was on a mission trip in Guyana in South America. And and we had three little ones at the time, and we had left them behind. And Brian and I traveled together and joined a team in the interior jungles of Guyana. I was so amazed. This land was so beautiful. I should have brought some photos for you. And I met the most beautiful indigenous people in that community that lived there. But my heart was so broken by the poverty of the land that had been so misused, the poverty of people's spirits because they were without Christ. And there was so much abuse and devastation happening in the community there. And there was also physical poverty, a lack of resources, uh, mothers trying to feed families with just such meager resources. And I struggled to take it all in. I struggled to know how to pray in, on that trip. And I remember I took a walk. I went out to the savanna area, which was a huge grassland, and the jungle was around the outsides. I was hoping no cougars or anything was going to get me because I was out there by myself. And I went for a walk, and I remember crying. And I think I actually remember yelling at God a little bit too. Anybody relate to that when you're really honest with God? And I said, God, this is just unfair. Poverty is unfair. And I was raw, and I was wounded, and I had no idea how to pray. And I remember saying to God, and just shouting out loud, I can't do it anymore. I have no words. Give me the words to pray. I have nothing. And in that moment, the Father saw my desperation for more, and the sincerity of my heart. And he released the power of the Holy Spirit in me, and something changed. I had this phrase burning on my brain and in my heart that I had to speak out loud. So I spoke it out, and I repeated it over and over, knowing I was speaking some phrase that I didn't understand. Looking back, of course, I realize now that he filled me with his spirit and was allowing me to speak in a tongue that I didn't understand. But in the moment, I was like, wow, oh, okay, Uh, I don't know what's going on here. And the words I spoke out loud were different than anything I knew. 
And I remember laughing out loud because the phrase that was like burned into my brain sounded something like a kuna de mata, which sounded a lot like a kuna matata from the Lion King movie. And I was in the middle of the jungle, right? Yeah, I had a laugh about that too. But this phrase that he gave me, this experience was different than anything I had experienced before. It was personal. It was intimate. It was just me and the Holy Spirit in a way that was new to me. And it brought peace to my heart because over those next two weeks on this trip, when I spoke and prayed out that phrase, I knew what it meant. It meant that all my pain and heartbreak for for the people, the land, my heart desire for them to be saved and changed was summed up in that one phrase. It really made it easy to pray. I just used that one phrase. So did I feel different? Well, I just still felt like me. It wasn't like I felt any tongues of fire or anything coming on me. I just simply knew in my heart that I had access to the Holy Spirit in a new personal way. And here's the most important part. That experience was the start of my everyday relationship with the Holy Spirit. It forever changed my life. After that experience, over the next few years, I started to grow in so many new ways. I learned that being filled with the Spirit was a daily occurrence. A daily occurrence. I began to walk through healing of my identity, past wounds, unhealthy views of myself, and I learned about the Father heart of God. I learned to fall in love with the scriptures, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. And this only began happening once I admitted that I had come to the end of myself, I was broken, and I was real with God about my brokenness. All of this healing was possible when I opened my heart to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit who lived inside of me already. Did you hear that? All of this was possible when I opened my heart to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit who was already inside me. Being introduced to the filling of the Holy Spirit can be a journey. That was a little bit of my journey. Some of you have prayed on your own, like me, to begin a more personal relationship with him. Some have had someone pray over them, like we read the scriptures about Paul. It's simply about a heart that desires an intimate relationship with him. And here's the key. It's full heart surrender. Some of us, we know we're saved. We know we're made new and, and the Holy Spirit resides inside us, but have we invited his power to baptize us, to immerse us in his presence so his power can be activated inside us? Friends, it doesn't have to be complicated. We receive and experience the filling of the Holy Spirit by faith. When we ask him, it's the same way we all experience salvation. We don't earn, we don't strive. Luke eleven thirteen says this, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Isn't that the truth? He's willing. He's totally willing. When I was praying over you all this week, I was asking the Lord, 
What do you want to share, Lord? What is it that you want to say to your people? And one of the things the Holy Spirit said was this. It's hard to see my kids struggling when I have given them a gift that will not only help them, but ensure victory. That's what he's saying to us. It's hard to see my kids struggling when I've given them a gift that will not only help them, but will ensure victory. I, I just had this picture of like a mom or dad sitting with a child who was trying to put together a toy or like a little project or something, and they're missing a key tool. And the parent has the tool there as a gift to give, but the child's like, no, no, that's okay. I, I want to try on my own. Is that us? May we not ignore the gift that God wants to give us. Because he gives us the filling of his Holy Spirit. Why? Because he loves us. That's why. He wasn't content to be separated from us, so he gave us Jesus. And he also loves us too much to leave us to face this world alone. In these times, this world is difficult to manage. Would you agree? Yeah. There's confusion. There's division. There's heartache. There's sickness. There's relationship struggles, addictions, identity issues. These are things many of us face. Being a believer in Jesus doesn't discount us from these experiences, does it? I know you know that. I've sat with many of you, heard your stories, and have heard the struggles that you're facing. The Father knew what we would face, so he gave us a gift, the power of the Spirit, he didn't do it to be confusing. He didn't do it to be weird. He did it because he did not want you to face all of these things alone. He wants to walk close and empower us daily to hear from him and receive all we need to tackle all of those things together with him. So good. We're going to close off our time together and some of you this morning may want to receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, a new experience with him, getting to know him in a fresh new way. Maybe you recognize that you became one with the Holy Spirit when you were saved, but you've never invited him to fill you with power. Our team's going to be ready to pray with you at the close of the service, if that is something that you would like. Some of you have questions. That's okay. Come and let us support you. Some of you might be confused. I prayed to receive the Spirit, but I don't feel any different. And I have questions. That's okay. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you. Those of you who are walking daily filled with the Spirit, are you actively using your prayer language to refresh you, guide you, connect you to the heart of God? Are you asking daily for the filling of the Holy Spirit to help you stand up under temptation? To know how to pray? To experience supernatural strength in hard circumstances? We'd love to pray for you as well. Friends, the word of God says that we can daily be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. This is good news. And this is for everyone. It's for you. The team is going to lead us in a time of worship and a time of reflection. But 
Will you join me first? And, and let's just thank God for his spirit. He's been so good to us. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful today that you gave us a gift. You gave us a promise of the Holy Spirit. And as we've looked through scripture, we've seen that this is not just a one-time event that happened way back in history. You offer us a daily experience with your Holy Spirit here and now for each one of us. And we're so grateful. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is available to us, not only to, to guide us daily, to speak to our hearts, but to bring healing, to bring hope, to allow us to tackle the difficult things of today with you. We don't have to live defeated. And we're so grateful that that is the truth because of your Holy Spirit, that we can live a victorious life. We are so grateful today, God. We are so grateful and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.